Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Sarah Marie. She's an intuitive life coach and a medium who helps others get connected to their own intuition, alignment, and happiness. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited you're here. Me too. (laughs) We've already, before we started recording, we've already made some magic happen. We've already busted a microphone. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen now, but it's going to be pretty powerful. Yes, I can't wait. So let's start with your story. How did you become, which came first, life coaching or medium? So yeah, my story is kind of unique in the fact that I didn't necessarily wake up one day and really say, I want to be a medium or I want to be a a life coach. My business kind of found me through my own struggle and my own personal journey. So what happened was I was atheist. I considered and attached myself to atheism. Um, And I was living in smack dab in the Bible Belt. Um, My husband had just joined the military and we were 19 years old. And I went there. um, And by that point, I had already suffered from heroin addiction and gotten clean. By the time I was 16, um, I was bulimic for five years. And, you know, I just stopped one day, which is like statistically unheard of. And then I kind of upgraded my addictions per se. So like into codependency or into um, consciousness, right? So what ended up happening was I hit this moment in Georgia, what I call a hell fucking no moment. It's the moment where you're like, no more. I am only going to go for change from this moment forward. And I felt really crazy. And I started kind of, you know, researching churches and seeing, you know, what everything was about. Nothing felt right. It didn't feel right. I ended up going to a psychologist because I thought something was wrong with me. I kept hearing voices in the store. Um, Like I would hear, you know, sorry, I killed myself. I was like, why am I thinking that? You know, just like getting milk. So I was in school to become um, a therapist at that time. So I was doing my bachelor's degree in psychology um, and I was reading a lot about mental disorders and I fit a lot of the, the, a lot of the schizophrenia, you know, symptoms. And so I thought, well, you know, I am really struggling. I'm going to go to this therapist. And I was so guided because when I sat down with a the therapist and talked to him, he was like, your way, your way, your, your consciousness is way expanded. I don't think that you're schizophrenic. I think you're talking to energies that you you're not seeing clearly and um, I have a medium friend and she has her show on TLC um, who they recommended me he knew her personally and recommended us get together and she let me try to read her the first time I ever talked to her and I had no idea what a reading was or really any of that I mean I did know what a reading was was because I got one reading before and the girl told me I was a medium but I didn't believe her because I was an atheist I couldn't hear her tell me that um So anyways, I got really, really lucky and he helped me discover my mediumship. 
So I still was a closet struggler. Even my closest family didn't know I had heroin addiction or bulimia. Like no one really knew that until later in my journey, I, I did it alone. Um, and so at that moment, it kind of all tied together that I realized I was running around in addiction, trying to numb energies that I was feeling, but couldn't see. And it started to make sense why I always felt so broken because I would just know things. I would know when people were going to die and I would know when things were going to happen. And it was, I always felt broken because of that. So I still didn't like it at that point. I was like, oh, I don't like this about me. And I don't believe this guy, you know, and I don't believe any of it. So I went on this journey to kind of prove myself right that I didn't have this and that all these people were crazy. So I would ask people randomly, will you allow me to read with like for you and just try it and see people tell me I'm a medium. And what I found, um, I, I did probably 300 reading readings. That's how many it took to feel certain about me channeling something. Um, and session after session after session, I just knew it. I just knew who they were. I could tell you conversations, memories, very specific details um, of things that would happen. And there was one reading in particular that changed my life. I read this mom and she had lost her eight-year-old boy and I had just come out of a miscarriage. And so I knew in that moment that I was able to heal her grief with my unique gift that I hated so much. That was the moment that I I loved it. I loved the gift because I could see why and how it could heal people here in the physical realm. And it's not for everyone. And it, you know, I don't ever ask people to believe in it. It's not my purpose in having this gift is to prove it right. It's more a tool for people who genuinely are going through the human experience in such despair and pain and darkness that they need to, to, have a unique healing experience to move forward. And I'm that unique healing experience. So when they come to me, I know that my tool belt is unique and I know exactly what I can do. And I know the people in darkness and grief and craving to feel in control of themselves are my people. And so that's when I started loving this part of me and it's unraveled since then really organically. I, from that space, I was still in therapy. And I was understanding, you know, I'm definitely a medium. I owned it and I was ready to move forward with it. I um, also really understood my addictions and my codependency at that point. Um, and I sat down with my therapist and there became a point where I felt as though I was, I was coaching her without the coaching tools. I didn't even really know what a coach was at that point, but my consciousness level had expanded past the point of needing therapy or, or being in that vibrational frequency of therapy. So I stumbled upon Leo from actualize.org and he went to IPEC, my coaching school. And when I watched his video, it changed my life. It was like about the law of attraction. Um, and I said, I want to know everything this, this man knows. And so I went and saw his journey and just tried to mirror what he did, which was go to IPEC. So then I stepped into the coach. As I was stepping into the coaching, I wasn't sure how I was going to coach and channel because they blur lines. Um, you know, in the, the certification, the licensing, it blurs lines. So um, eventually I figured out how to do both. Um, and I have mixed my intuitive gifts with the more coaching side. So it really gives a good balance of multi-dimensional healing work. And that's um, where I'm at now. All right. So many questions. And that's so good. Um, all right. So first of all, how do you blend it? So I'm pretty, I have a couple different things. Um, it depends if I'm going out in corporate America to do 
more leadership stuff, I keep it more coaching because people in corporate are resonating at a lower um, consciousness. So it's just very black and white. Um, when I'm doing uh, the healing work with people, I don't call it coaching. I say coaching is a tool on my bigger tool belt. So I like to think of myself as having a healer's tool belt. And it's kind of like a construction worker's tool belt. And my hammer is my coaching. And my screwdriver is my mediumship. And then my, you know, my bolts are going to be me channeling angels, which is another one of my gifts. Um, and then my intuition is one. So I have all this tool belt. So I like to think of myself as a more umbrella healer than just attaching my identity to coaching because that feels limiting to me. I use coaching if and when my gut tells me to for the person sitting in front of me. But mostly I use my intuition to tell me which tool to choose to help that person. And so people really, um, in short, they, they come home to themselves with my tool belt. They really, um, self-mastery is what you're going to get. Multi-dimensional self-mastery is what you're going to get with my tool belt. I love it. Okay. So what is it like, whether, what's the difference between channeling angels and being a medium? So, um, essentially like it's a different vibrational frequency. So everything's energy. Dead people are energy equivalent to like, if a car is going past us and then it speeds up so fast, you're not going to see it. Does that make sense? Yep. But the car's still there. That vibrational frequency, it's sped up, which is why we can't see it with the, with our physical eyes. It's the same thing with dead people. Their energy's just sped up. But it's only probably sped up to the frequency of like that car moving fast. So they're easier to see than the angels because they're not as fast moving energy um, and they feel different. So when I channel say, and, and you know, the, when I say angelic and angels or angelic realm or the guide or guided realm, I'm just speaking on behalf of a, a vibrational frequency, not necessarily a, a human sitting there in front of me. Um, so with the medium realm, it's very black. It's very easy to channel in comparison um, in some ways, because if you see something, if you're channeling something, it is that thing. So what I mean by this is if they show you a red car, you're going to say to the person you're channeling, tell me about the red car. I can see, you know, X, Y, and Z around it. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's the picture of yada, yada, yada. I know exactly what you're talking about. Whereas if I were channeling an angel, it's more um, a gut feel you have to do because the car isn't actually a car. It didn't actually happen. It wasn't tangible black and white. It's like, what does the car feel like? It feels it's stuck in mud when I'm looking at it. So I would look and I would say that that angel tells me that you're feeling like a truck stuck in mud. And they're like, yes. So it's, it's slightly different in the way that you channel as far as just like general, generally the medium realm is slower vibing. It's going to feel probably more scary to the person just awakening because it's a, 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 it feels like a human's in the room, but they're not. And that's when people get creeped out. Um, and it also is just very easy to decipher the messages. With the guided, the angelic, and any vibrational frequency higher, what ends up happening is it's harder to channel. You have to learn your own symbols in your mind's eye. It's kind of like you're deciphering a code between you and the universe to help you lay out the message. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Beautiful. So do you tend to see things, hear things? How does stuff show up for you? Yeah. So, um, I, my third eye is definitely my lead, my intuitive 
lead. And I love that because um, it's so obvious when I'm seeing things in my imagination that are not actually in front of me, it's easy to decipher the messages. Um, I would say that and then my gut feel, my knowing are my strongest clairs, um, but I also hear in smell, um, but I lead definitely with my mind's eye and my, my gut. Oh, wait, wait. Um, smell. So the others I'm, I'm familiar with, like mm -hmm. I've experienced a little bit of them myself. But what, what kind of things do you smell? So do you have a grandma that passed that smells like, like roses? I keep smelling like a rose, a uh, flowery scent. Um, Powder flowers? Yeah. That's what, yeah. Is That's she passed? Is they, are they passed? Yeah. Okay, so see, your, that spirit is coming in to channel through, through and I have chills. So, um, and that's her coming in and saying like, Hey, I'm here. I'm still present. I'm watching you. And like, this is very guided. Right. Um, but that smell is something unique about her that I just wouldn't know, you know, even if I went and researched you or even if I went and whatever yeah. you, which, which you, I just, that's why the medium realm is so special because they pick out those small things that are like, yep, that's her or like, you know, and it's like not something obvious. It's like a whole medium read is like made up of those little moments and that makes it very validating. So the smell is just for me more of a, a like a cherry topper, a validation, um, to the person that I'm reading. That is so fascinating. And for the record, yeah, all I remember, like my major memories about Grandma Marion are that smell, that like powdery, flowery smell and pepper on burgers. Yep. She used to like butter, butter and black pepper on the top of a burger. I love it. Yeah. So see, that's, that's a, a message, right? Um, it's, it's what you remembered her for. And so each reading is unique like that because each person is unique. And so that's why it's so fun because it almost feels like I get to know that person that passed and I just feel like I know so many people and I get to experience so many experiences through these channels. So it's very cool. Is it overwhelming for you? It used to be. So um, it used to be really, really overwhelming, which was why I would numb with drugs and whatever, you know, whatever was my addiction choice at the time. Um, now I've mastered the energies um, and I know how to tune in and tune out. I know how to flow, you know, I know how to shut them off and on. So really I'm not a victim to any energy anymore. And so no, but it is very common for like any empath or other medium who doesn't have my tool belt um, to feel completely overwhelmed with their gifts um, because it is very hard. And that's really what a lot of my clients come to me for is getting help with their own gifts because it, it is a lot to handle energetically and, speaking. Yeah. And how <laughs> do you personally turn it off and on? So I have a, a, a boundaries is like what I like to call them. So, you know, they energy where your focus goes, you know, energy flows, right? So the best way I can describe this is like each vibrational frequency being a TV station. So if we were to think about direct TV, you and I both having direct TV, we at any point in time could go sit down and tune into the, the Disney channel. It's the same way with energy and source. So instead of direct TV, I'm going to call it source, God, whatever is insert your own alignment there within that has different vibrational frequencies, which even we know here in the physical realm, like if I have a phone right here and it's shooting off waves, we know this because science tells us, right? We just can't see them, but we know that they're there. 
so the TV stations per se are different energetic fields or vibrational frequencies. So the Disney channel could be the medium realm. Like I was saying, it could be like that. What you have to learn to do is change the channel. <laughs> so you have to learn how to tune out of that frequency into a different one. So this goes to, and this really is with anything, um, you know, manifestation. People think that if you sit there and say, I'm manifesting, I'm manifesting, I'm manifesting, it's going to come to you. But in actuality, what you have to learn to do is turn the TV station into tune into the frequency of abundance because then you're an energetic match to it to get it. So it's, it's about learning how to tune into different frequencies. And the way that I, I take people through this process is through a journey of self-mastery, understanding emotions, using them as your GPS system to guide you, which I, I teach them to do very specifically, understanding how to use your human stress um, to guide you and to know what it's telling you. Because a lot of the times when we're under stress, an old wound has been triggered or we're doing something that's not in alignment with who we really are, which is why we feel guilty, meaning we're not in alignment with our values. So I get them really, really clear on, on, you know, what are my wounds so that we can clear that fog. And then I get them really clear on what are my values? How do I want to live this life? And then with those two things, you will gain the power to tune in and out of different frequencies. And so to shut it off, you simply just have to learn how to shut off the remote, which looks like pulling the energy away from that frequency and directing it somewhere else. Does that make sense? It does to me. But I'm wondering, I'm, is there another way to describe it so that everyone who's listening can get this? Yeah, so um, I think the best analogy I can, can give is, um, is going to be, um, ask me the question again, and I'm, gonna ch I'm actually just going to have them channel um, because then they'll tell me what collectively the people going to be drawn to this are going to need to hear it. I'm going to change the question a little bit and tell me if it okay. doesn't work. How would somebody tune into the channel of abundance? Mm. Okay. Okay. So it depends where you're at. Um, abundance is a high vibrational energy. It feels very good, right? Um, if you're depressed and you're sitting there trying to tune into abundance, it's not going to work, right? It's too, the energetic gap is too far. The vibrational frequency is too different. It would be like a snail versus like a cheetah going next to each other vibrationally, speed talking. Um, so if you want to tune into a frequency and you're really like depressed or sad or insert any more dense emotion, you need to understand why you're feeling that. It becomes, why am I triggered into stress? And if you understand why you're triggered into stress, meaning the wound or the disalignment, what happens is you take off your stress or your stress response classes is what they taught us in coaching um, school, which is, you know, every time you're stressed, you have a, an invisible pair of glasses coming on. And we teach you as coaches how to take off those stress response classes and put back on your daily glasses to see. So the easiest way to tune out is to, to know yourself because you need to know why the universe is hitting the remote into depression because that's just another energy. And you say, why am I depressed? Oh, because I'm still living out of all these wounds from childhood and they're here for healing. So the universe tuned me in to let me know. It was like a little GPS of like, ding, ding, ding. Something's not aligned here. Um, you're feeling not good. 
that's how you can pivot through and navigate the physical realm. So you have to understand your stress in order to tune out of frequencies or tune in. And then you also have to understand how to reach for the next best thing. So what I mean by this is, like I said, if you're close to abundance, so like other frequencies that would be close are like joy, happiness, gratitude. Um, there's a million and one guided meditations out there to do that. But um, you have to ask yourself what you are feeling and what you want to be feeling. And if the gap feels too, too big, you have to search for the relief and it will wormhole you up. So baby steps ask like, if I'm depressed, what feels relieving right now? That's in alignment to, um, to my values, right? So relief might not be drugs for some people. That's not an alignment, but you want to find relief in a healthy way. And what happens is you'll, you'll energetically wormhole there. Um, but obviously the quickest way is getting the tool belt to learn how to, to dig up your old wounds and, and find what it's telling you. Does that make a little bit more sense? Yeah, I think that's perfect. Okay. Uh, um, and we both speak with the energy levels. Mm -hmm. so I know. Heard little snippets of that in earlier episodes. Um, and I think we both offer that for our services. So if you guys, if listeners want to know more, dive deeper into this. Yeah. And you know, I have a free, I have a free seven day challenge where I explain all this. It's completely free. Um, and pretty much everyone in my inner crowd, like in my following has this, like in their IPEC coaches, they are people who are already into consciousness because they have all the human consciousness tools. They need my, my intuitive tools. So a lot of the times my lingo is not filtered because my audience is other coaches. It is other people who are highly conscious. It's people who are needing more than just consciousness. They're needing their intuition and that's my zone of genius. So, but yes, I do have that for, for anyone that needs or is interested in, in learning that. Perfect. So we will link to that in the show notes. Awesome. awesome. Okay. So where else do I want to go? The, um, oh, I had a question about mediumship, but I don't know what it was. I lost it. I went. That's totally fine. It'll come back. If it's it, meant to. <laughs> it will totally come back if it's going to serve the conversation. Let's just talk about, so how, okay. You went from medium to, well, therapy was kind of going through there. <clears throat> And then to life coaching and you're attracting in all these people who are coaches, they're high, already high consciousness. Mm -hmm. What's your mission? So my mission is to help serve um, collective consciousness in whatever way I feel pulled to. I know that I'm here to um, raise the vibrational frequencies. Um, but not through positive thinking, through the shadow, through seeing the dark, through sitting in the dark. So my mission is to make the dark less scary. It's to empower people to feel confident in themselves when going through stress. Um, it is to empower people to really feel like they're equipped to navigate life because you can be with the right tools and knowing yourself. So my mission really is to help one-on-one, -on -one. but my hope, my bigger picture, my desire, um, even though I don't really play much with goals anymore and have a huge attachment to my mission, um, what I do want and what I do know, uh, just like in my bones, is that I'm here to raise the vibration of collective consciousness through the shadow in whichever ways that feels right in the moment is what I do. 
And what does the shadow mean to you? So the shadow is going to be, in my words, um, your triggers, your stress. It's going to be those feelings of I'm not good enough. It's going to be, um, you know, if you're into past life, that could fall under the shadow um, energies. A lot of trauma. Um, it's those dense emotions that feel like crap. It's the ones we're all trying to run from. That's your shadow. The thing you're numbing, the thing you're eating over, the thing you are trying to shift and understand the behaviors you're doing that are not actually in alignment, but you can't stop doing it. That's all the shadow. And are you saying that people will, um, like that they don't need to get rid of that? that Absolutely not. So in the first wave, and this is going to be um, a little bit of my own channeling work based on collective consciousness in, in, in that. Um, the first wave of collective consciousness, I'm talking about like the Gabby Bernsteins of the world, um, these leaders who brought this idea, this um, idea that the ego is not us, right? Um, it's not our ultimate truth, which is absolutely true. Um, as you awaken, you, there's no denying that. However, um, it's time to reintegrate the ego because what happens is the ego is still part of us in the third dimension, which is where we're at, the physical realm. And so by, by saying that ego's not me, that ego's over there, that's my ego, shame the ego, what's happening is you're creating a separation of self. And when you're separated at self, you're not whole. And so what that looks like is a constant inner battle of was that my soul, was that my ego, was that my soul, was that my ego? When there's an actuality, there's a way to incorporate it, make your ego conscious, that's the shadow work. What happens then is your soul uses your ego to consciously navigate the physical realm. And then you're all, you're all one, right? Your soul and your ego are one, it's conscious, and when it's unconscious, you know how to handle it and make it conscious, but that way you're not at inner battle with yourself. So the first phase of awakening is a very important to separate the ego out. That's how you know you're something more. That's how you awaken to the astral plane. That's where we were collectively with the Gabby Bernsteins. Now there's me and my healers that are ready and we see on the collective level the bigger, bigger picture of the whole purpose of those teachers rising was that in order to reincorporate the ego, you have to first know that you're not it. So I call it spirituality 2.0 or awakening 2.0. And that's really um, where I'm at. So that's why I kind of attract the higher conscious people because they've already separated it and now they're like why am i still at inner battle with myself <laughs> and we go back so that's how 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 it works in my mind at least <laughs> i i really like so like i think i think of this the same way mm -hmm. and i work with my clients in a very similar way and i just love how you describe that it was so different than i've ever described it except for I usually describe my clients as when they come to me, they're separate and it's like mm -hmm. the true, their self and they're, I can see that they're not, they're kind of like a hologram, mm -hmm. a hologram and a, like two holograms together. And then with our work together, they come mm -hmm. together and they're whole. Yeah. That's what I call, I refer to as integration or fragmentation. Um, we find fragmented part of ourselves through our everyday stresses. If you have the tool belt, your gremlins, your wounds mm -hmm. are, um, are showing us that. But yeah, I definitely, um, it's just like anything else. When you go to you know, therapy and you sit down with that therapist and you had a traumatic experience, the first thing the therapist is going to do is validate you, but then follow up with, 
that trauma does not define you. You separate the trauma before they reintegrate. Like this is a pattern that's seen in all, you know, all forms of healing and therapy right now is it's just, I, I do it or we do it with the soul and the ego, the awakening, the enlightenment. But that method to me has always felt more whole than separating and battling myself. That never worked for me. It just led to more inner conflict. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Well, it does work for a while. I guess when you're like, oh, that's, I don't have to operate out of conditioning. It does work for a bit, but it's more of a stepping stone than the end result in my, in my line of work, at least. I agree. And I think for some people, maybe it works for like, for a while, like a few years Mm -hmm. or maybe decades. And for other people, it works for a few weeks. Right, exactly. It's, and that's the thing about systems, right? Everything's a system. The awakening system, the religion system, each system is going to attract um, the vibrational frequency that it needs. So in other words, each person is going to be drawn to a belief system that they need to up-level their vibrational frequency. So I always tell people, if it's not my system, it doesn't matter to me, but trust your curiosity. So if you're really curious about religion, that's going to be what's going to up level. But don't be surprised when that system falls off. It's no longer serving you. You're going to be drawn to the next one. Um, so it's a very much a game of not getting attached to systems, even though we are, our human self wants to, and also being curious and, and open-minded to all different systems because your curiosity really does guide you. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so as a medium, when... Well, what's the craziest thing you've ever like channeled or heard or come across? So, um, oh gosh, um, do we want like a medium realm crazy or um, like a channeling crazy? Let's do <laughs> all, all options. Just okay. Tell us the crazy. So I'm going to tell you probably the one that sticks out the most in my mind um, that I know I have permission to share because I've shared it before. Um, I walked into this reading and I never know who I'm going to be reading or anything about them. I you know, we just hop on and we are doing a reading. Um, and, and when I surrendered, which is what I call starting to channel, um, I saw that the, I was channeling something very gruesome. And essentially what had happened was this, this woman's brother was sacrificed like KKK style in the South and his heart was ripped out. Um, and it was really, really dense. Um, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen because I experienced the death. I experienced the, cause I say, I always say I, I died a thousand times. Um, and sometimes in readings, I'm like, Oh my gosh, they died a good way. And people get caught off guard. Cause you know, what way is dying. But when you've seen things like this and you felt things like this, um, there's just easier ways to go out. So that was the craziest read I've ever done. I walked out of that reading completely changed and I cried for probably four hours. Um, it was devastating. And um, I told her, I said, you know, I see like a Netflix series about this. I, and that's happening now. Um, the, the media and stuff is doing that now. So this was a year or two ago um, when I first read her. Um, but I, I tend to get a lot of readings that are dense like that. Um, because I think I know how to navigate them. And so the universe tell, like gives them to me because I, I do hear very clearly in that realm. Um, but that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in the medium realm. Um, yeah, that one was, de- even now I'm just like, oh, it just was, it's just, there's no real words. You know, there just is no real words. Do you feel it in your physical body or is it just like seeing a picture or a movie of it? No, I'll feel it. 
particularly, well, I'll feel it when and if it's for the highest, best good, right? So in other words, I had to feel that because I had to explain to the living person because she needed to know what he experienced in order to continue on. So they're going to tell me what I need to know for the person in front of me is my job to be able to stand in my own power long enough to deliver that message before I walk out in trouble, which is, is what I, I, I can do. But it also is just, um, you know, it's, it's very sad. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that one, I'm trying to think about any other really crazy ones. Um, that one was, that one was, you know, the kid ones are always awful. We've done a couple murders. Um, and yeah, they're all, you know, you never, it's, you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you walk in and you're just, you know, channeling a grandma who lived a very full life. And then other times you walk in and you're really channeling a dense scenario that is just pure evil. It just is, is very hard sometimes to do, but you know, like I said, I love it because if I can relieve any of that density, I, it's my duty to do it. And do people always come to you with, do they want to get in touch with this specific person? So sometimes, um, but I don't typically ask. I don't really like to ask. I don't, the less I know, the easier it is for me. So I try to tell people when they get on my medium reads, I'll say, um, you know, if you have questions, that's fine. Or people in mind, that's totally fine. Keep them there. And if I don't answer them by the end of this, um, we'll, we'll ask. And usually what happens actually always what happens is the people they wanted to hear from come forward and all the questions, um, that they wanted to ask are answered because they know I'm, they know they already are. They're sitting there reading. They know exactly what you need to hear. They're just telling me so I can tell you to validate you. That's the only thing that's happening. I'm just the telephone. Um, and they answer everything. Is it, does it get like crowded in your head? Like, are they super chatty? Are does more than one try and talk at a time? Um, not so much when I'm reading because I'm really precise about frequencies. Like I can zoom in and zoom out or tune in and tune out to frequencies really easily. But before I knew how to do this, like before I understood all the things I've described, um, it was awful because I couldn't listen to anyone because when I was listening to them, I was actually hearing their dead people behind them talking to me and I couldn't focus. I couldn't, I was, everyone thought I had like ADHD because I was like, ding, 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 you know, all the time just flying everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's not so much anymore. It's very quiet in my head nowadays. That's a lot from the self mastery work. Thank goodness. <laughs> and when you, I know you've said that you can like tune in and tune out, but still when you go to like a big public place, mm -hmm. are you getting anything? No, no. So, you know, I guess what it would be really probably beneficial to talk about this. Um, there's tools called shielding and grounding, which are like boundaries for energy, just letting energy know where to flow or not flow or get rid of. And it's very helpful to do that. As I was awakening, I would use that. I would consider grounding and shielding to be a tool on my tool belt. So if I'm in a big, large, crowded public place and I'm noticing myself getting drained very quickly or hearing a lot of spirits, I simply just pull out that tool from my tool belt. I put it on and I'm just, I, I don't feel anything. I just say, spirit, I'm not working right now. I'll come back later. Um, or I'll say, guide me to the person I'm supposed to read so we can set this up later. Um, I will do that, which I have done. Um, I will do that. But now, so I'm so in flow with the frequencies. It's very, it's a choice. So if I feel myself tuning in to all the medium realm, all the dead people, I just tune out because I have that power. So it's a very, it's just a, an instant of, 
I don't even have to ground and shield. It's like, I'm not, I don't want to tune into that. I'm going to tune into something else. And it's just, it becomes a game of playing kind of, of where do I want to go? So it's not overwhelming at all for me anymore. But if it was, I would either use my tool or just um, experience the energy and, and know that it would, it would pass. And how long have you been doing this? So I've been doing coaching for two and a half years and then my mediumship for like six years, but I would say probably really closer to five because the first year was me secretly reading people in their house, begging them not to tell anyone that we were doing this witchcraft stuff. Um, so yeah, so I'd say that. <laughs> what was it like those early readings when you were still in total like is denial the right word? Yeah. Denial, resistance, um, just complete. And I was like, I was really devastated because I really wanted to be content with like working the corporate ladder. I really did. I wanted nothing more than to just be okay with going to work every day. And I just wasn't, it just was, it was a struggle for me. Um, so yeah, uh, it feels more like now, um, I don't know, like it just all feels like it worked out perfectly, but, but the, the denial phase, is, is just kind of a resistance to the self more so than spirit. That's what it was. So how did those readings go as you're like, will you oh, let me read you and then don't tell anyone? So, okay. So pretty much what it looked like was, um, there was like a community blog blog form where I lived. It was like an online thing. And I said, I and put a little, like a Craigslist. Well. Yeah. I put a little like Craigslist ad and I was like, <laughs> it wasn't Craigslist. It was that, but it was I said, I'm not expecting anyone to believe me. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm just simply looking for practice. Someone, you know, I explained the situation and people responded. So what looked, it ended up happening was the people that said, yes, I'd go to their house. And, um, you know, I didn't know anyone there. So for me, it was less about being quiet in that area and more about being quiet back home. <laughs> like I didn't want the home people to think I was crazy there. I was like, well, I'm probably going to leave soon anyways. Um, so I would go in and I would just say, like, I don't know what I'm doing. No one's taught me how to read. And at that point, I didn't even know what channeling really was. It was just like me going in and trusting my gut. And I just sat there and I would like look off and then I'd say everything that I felt, heard, smelled, like anything that came through to me and it would always align. So, and then I would walk out and be a little shaky and freaking out that it worked. Same with the other person. And I'm still really, really close friends with those people who you know, cause they, they believed in it the moment that I believed in it. We did it at the same time because we were complete strangers and, and we have that bond now, but yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> Do you remember your very first reading? Yeah. So that would be, her name's Lindsay. And we, I mean, we, I just got off the phone with her yesterday actually. So yeah, she's, um, kind of been in my, my life ever since that, that first time. And it what really, a, what yeah. a great way to make friends. I yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And and they were really more than just friends. They were my arsenal because I did. I I had a really large group of like 16,000 people following me, a lot of a lot of people following me and I would get a lot of um witchy comments. You're a witch. I'm going to burn you. You're going to hell. Um all of these things that were very degrading. Um but when I understood consciousness, obviously they're either hurt or trying to protect me or someone they love, right? Um, it's just unconsciousness kind of hitting me. But those first people who believed in it the moment I did, they were really my foundation through that time because they would come to me and say, like, there's no way you made that up. Like, you're not doing, you're not a fraud. I had a lot of that fear. Am I a fraud? Which is, you know, 
well, I had to do it so much before I got comfortable, but yeah, so that's how that went. <laughs> and early on, you said that you were an atheist initially. Mm -hmm. And I tend to think of the word atheist as just, as kind of like not involved in organized religion. Mm -hmm. So are you still an atheist? No, uh, I, 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 religion doesn't fit me. Um, it's too limiting is what it feels like. The system feels too limiting, particularly the part that says that I don't have my power and I'm a sinner. That feels off to me, but I do see how that would fit and where it would fit. Um, so no, I don't consider my, myself an atheist because I literally see angels and like there's no denying um, that there's something greater than me through the synchronicities and my work and the thousands of readings and the man, all of it. Right. Um, so I would, I, I would consider myself very spiritual, very in tune, um, with source is what I would, I would say the system that I, I adapt now. What, what would you tell that 16 year old version of you? Ooh, I've thought about this. Probably what I would say is, is keep going, just keep going. Because when I look back and I see every little thing that I did, it was so guided, like down to the fact that I decided to get two bachelor's degrees. One was in marketing. It was like, that was so out of left field, but now I get it. Why would I need that? Another thing I worked with basic training soldiers, talking to very high up, powerful, influential military generals and above. And that was, I was only, you know, 20. That was very intimidating, but now I can walk into you know, a business and talk to the, the CEO and feel very confident, like all the little skills that I learned in public speaking. It was just like, Oh my gosh, it was all like, I wish I could tell myself, keep going. You're being guided. That's what it would be. Mm. And now you're a mom. I am. How are you raising a conscious child? So conscious parenting is actually one of my biggest passions because he really was, my son was the catalyst for me awakening to higher consciousness. I'd already awakened to my mediumship by the time he was here, but really the higher consciousness, he helped me hit what I call another hell fucking no moment of um, that, that mommy land where you have the kid and you're sitting in breast milk, haven't slept, haven't showered, you smell sour, you, you know, that moment of what is this? <laughs> um, that moment was like, I have to go get, I have to find something else. Um, so I'm so sorry. I'm channeling you again. I'm going to shut them off. It's so funny. You have quite a bit of spirit coming through. So this is what happens when spirit. So maybe we'll do, I'll give you a reading on a separate or whatever. Um, but I keep talking and like for the past three questions you asked, I forgot the question because they're talking. So that's what it looks like when I am not in control. I'll ping pong and forget everywhere. Like, so I'll have to say, okay, you guys have to be quiet. We'll talk. I'll, I'll speak on your behalf in a, in a minute. Let me do this. So go ahead and ask a question again. What's the question? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Parent. I started. Yeah. Oh, conscious parenting. Oh, yeah. So he, okay. So the conscious parenting thing um, is, is huge for me. For me, conscious parenting becomes in seeing uh, Liam, my son, who's four, as a partnership. I believe that we are in a partnership through this. He is an individual. I don't believe that his emotions um, reflect my worth or who I am. Um, as a mother or elsewhere, elsewhere, I believe he is an individual who is going to experience every single emotion on the rainbow. And it is my job to help him learn how to handle and, and 
feel these emotions in an aligned way. So for example, our biggest thing now is hitting the dog is not an appropriate way to release our anger. We still want to release the anger. Um, so let's go hit, you know, the rocks outside. Um, or we're into smashing fruit right now, like really smashing and destroying fruit when we're angry. Um, so for me, I really take the approach of win-win solutions, partnership. I go off my gut a lot of the time. I definitely see him as an individual in our family. Like we each consider each other, even when we're like thinking about dinner, it's just a very um, partnership. And it's my job to hold the space for him to fail and learn and just help give him the tools to navigate the physical realm. So that's really my approach is just, I can never change anything externally for him. I can only give him the tools to change his inner world. And that's my approach is installing those tools to, to have the power to change his inner world so that no matter what happens externally, he can stay navigated. And it's really funny because I, I joke, but it's like, when I coach adults, I'm really 90% of the time coaching their wounded inner child in the beginning of our work. And so I, I joke that those inner childs that I've worked with for so long taught me how to parent my actual child because it's the same energies just on repeat and the solutions are the same. If you think about it, the reason that we all are so repressed in our emotions is because when we were a kid, we were told, no, we don't act like that. We don't throw tantrums, right? Great, okay, maybe we don't throw tantrums, but what is that child supposed to do with all that energy that's in there? They don't have an outlet, what do we do? We suppress it and then we become addicted, obese adults with all these problems and we hire life coaches to help us figure out why, right? And so, um, so it just becomes like, oh, cool. So I taught that adult now how to go back to that tantrum actually feel it in a aligned way. So maybe don't throw the tantrum, but go scream in a pillow in your house or whatever's going to be your aligned way. And for my son, it's the same thing. Great. You're angry. I can see that you're angry. I validate him. And then what is the way that we can release this energy that is in aligned? And it's the same thing. So yeah, I, I feel like my work has created a conscious parenting program. Really, I could make it into a program um, of how to navigate the physical realm with littles as they're they are growing i think that program would be very popular <laughs> yeah yeah i do you know i have one in the works but um it's really hard because like i said i have so many different like ideas and opportunities it's hard to decide what systems i want to play with <laughs> yeah, absolutely it sounds like it sounds like you've got a little teacher living in your house too yeah. Oh yeah. And like my son is my biggest teacher because, and I say that all, I mean, he still is. He is a literally a perfect mirror for me because I know all my triggers. I know it's just, it's so perfect. I, this example, my son is obsessed with Nerf guns. I swear we own the entire aisle at Walmart and Nerf guns. And it is just his passion is his muse. As much as I love spirit, he loves guns. And before I had him, the thing I always said was, I don't care you know, what kid I have, I'm never letting him have guns. And now my whole house is full of guns. And that right there sums up the whole entire thing. Just makes me teary eyed because it's like, he softened me. He made me non-judgmental. He made me see, see truth. He taught me how to love unconditionally, right? He taught me how to heal my judgments and, and 
really accept and love him exactly how he is because it challenged everything that I had, everything that I thought I was, he challenged that and the crumble came. But when I rose, I could see truth and he is totally my teacher. Mm, Love it. I love that you're able to see that so clearly. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Even my husband, we say it all the time. And a lot of the times if, if I'm struggling in mommyhood, um, my biggest trigger right now is feeling suffocated. Um, like I really value my freedom and, um, that comes very rarely, um, with a toddler and I'm, I'm very strict on my, my presence with him. So, you know, I have one day to work, I get it all done. If not, I'm not answering anything because I'm present with him type of thing. Um, so yeah, I just, I really, I don't know. It just, it all feels so like I see it. That's what I feel. I feel like I see all of it. I can see how the universe has conspired for me. I can see how it still is. Even when I'm struggling, the suffocation, the freedom, I'm, I look at that mirror and I'm like, okay, it's time to start asking myself how I want to align with my freedom value more than if I'm feeling the suffocation. So he's that mirror. He's the one that just catalysts my next level in my business because I'm looking for more freedom travel, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Love it. Sarah, this time has flown and it's time to wrap this up. Thank you so much for sharing so much of you. Yeah. Um, Thank you. How can people learn more about you, follow you, work with you? Yeah. So, um, you can go to my website, lifecoachsaramarie.com. Um, or you can go to my Facebook group. It's called, um, soul spiritually awakening. Um, you can find it on my website too. That's where I'm really active. Um, if you find me on either of those platforms, you'll wormhole through all my stuff. I also have a YouTube channel, but I mostly use it um, as tools come up for people in my group. So if people post a question and say, I need help with X, Y, and Z. So I have like a really good inner child tool on there. It's all posted on my Facebook group and the link is also on my website. So really you need one of those two and you'll branch out to all the rest of my stuff. And we can also get the seven day course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, actually the seven day course is going to be in my group. So it's actually an event. So if people come to that and you do join, um, just reach out to me and I'll send it to you in your inbox. That's fine. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll link to all of your Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group. Find your awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, Go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.